Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the Dogs Program. The Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools are here every Saturday at 12 noon. And we do have a press release for you this week, press release 657, Parent Power Demanding Public Schools for Inner Melbourne. And you'll find this at www.adogs.info. But we'll leave you to read this. It's a very interesting press release, we believe. And Parent Power is at work in Melbourne, but it's also at work in Queensland. And today, Robert's going to take you up to Queensland where he will be talking to Ron Williams of uh, some considerable fame because Ron Williams was the parent who went as far as the High Court. He knows about parent power. He has children in public schools and he did not want them to be indoctrinated in any way. So Ron Williams is an activist after the mould of Ray Nielsen and Robert will be 
discussing his activism with him right now. Thanks very much, Jean. Yeah, I do recommend, by the way, you go to our website, www.adogs.info, and check out that press release. We will, of course, be giving you some more detail next week on that particular press release, which is 657 Parent Power. And let's talk to a parent now. Welcome, Ron Williams, to The Dog Show, defending government schools. That's what we do down here. But up there in Queensland, where you are, Ron, things are very different. Welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here, Rob. It's always good to talk to you. Yes, indeed. Now, there's been so much going on when it comes to issues of separation of religion from the state. And um, firstly, I'd like to ask you, because our listeners wouldn't necessarily be aware, about what's going on up there, because I've heard around the traps there's this thing called a secular public education charity. Is, is that right, Ron? Yeah, after my most recent decision, I have these decisions all the time in the High Court, uh, but after the one that happened in 2014, in July, there was need to be something to carry on the work of what was getting done with the activism for the chaplaincy program, mm. uh, even though it's by no means done and dusted, because, as you know, the government will never take no for an answer. They don't take the law all that seriously. If they don't need to, they just bend the rules as much as they can. But throughout all of the, the, the High Court hearings, I've always had a a website called highcourtchallenge.com. And of course, before that, my activism in secular public education had gone as far back as 2005, when uh, our first little bloke started going into the public system here in Queensland. And of course, it hit you like a brick wall. All of the things that are going on, with religious instruction and, and various other things to do with the encroachment of evangelism into public schools, and we'd had various websites. We started off with one in Queensland called the Fourth R, with the uh, the T and Fourth as a crucifix, and oh, perceiving okay. uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, and religion. religion yeah. uh, and so there's been this parent group thing going on for years and years, with a huge network of often very emotionally upset parents who are just trying to keep their kids the hell out of religious instruction when they've done everything they can to do this. And then we've, of course, had the Australian Secular Lobby as a non-official entity, which is really just a, a trademark, but with a website, and another one called Let's Get Secular Back into the Queensland Education Act. And, of course, a lot of these people were complaining to the uh, High Court Challenge website as well. So after the last decision, we needed something that could actually, in an official capacity, as a, a company limited by guarantee, which is how all worthwhile bodies and non-worthwhile ones, including the Australian Christian Lobby, it's the manner of uh, setting up these sorts of charities. Mm. And of course, Primary Ethics in New South Wales has the same corporate structure, a very worthwhile uh, organisation. Yes, indeed. So we set up Secular Public Education Limited, where ACNC, Australian Charities Not-for-Profits Commission, uh, we're registered with ACNC, which is a very worthwhile commission that doesn't hand out uh, registrations uh, lightly, and we're very proud to receive that endorsement. And so as of about July last year, we became official, but we're still crossing the T's and dotting the I's and getting established. But we mm. have a website called spe.org.au. So it's spe.org.au. And a lot of the information's up there. Already we've taken the workload from various other websites that, that I've had. And, uh, of course, the High Court Challenge website and the other ones direct people to there as well so that we're trying to get all of this thing centralised, but already we're helping scores of parents, primarily at the moment in Queensland, New South Wales. You guys uh, in Victoria have uh, 
What a wonderful government you have down there. Oh, I wouldn't scratch too hard at that. Certainly on some of the things that are happening now. If we could achieve even a a tiny part of what's going on, certainly with the the school thing um, here. As it was coming out of my mouth, I did realise that governments have their ups and downsides. So um, we won't even get into a conversation about that because we'd probably... uh, well, no, I, many apps, I know, absolutely, Aaron. Um, I think in general it's very interesting for our listeners in particular who are through listening to our program and sort of living in Victoria have an idea about what's going on down here. But it, it's one of the interesting things about Australia, um, talking to you and describing just what you've described there about what's going on up in what here we call the Deep North. The frameworks and, and the way you have to deal with things just absolutely fascinating. I mean, SPE, Secular Public Education, it should be a tautology, shouldn't it? I mean, it's a, well, it should. it should be a tautology. <laughs> we I mean, know it. we both know it ain't. We, and of course we both know it ain't. And <laughs> it, it strikes me that, that setting up an organisation like this is probably one of the most deeply conservative things you can do, just, just at a conceptual level. You're just holding values and holding ideas about public education that are, that are sort of core and deeply conservative but the way you're talking about it it's it's a radical idea and I think those sorts of tensions just at a very deep level are fascinating for us down here in the cold south. Well even for Christian even for Augustine there's a distinct difference between the city of man the saculum and the city of God they just seem to forget all of this when it means a bit of money from the government and a job. Indeed. Sorry to send you aside there, Ron. It's just no, no, to, to sort of give it some context for our listeners because sometimes in Australia it's like talking across borders is like talking from a different planet. So please continue because this secular public education, tell us more about the sorts of things it's actually doing on the ground, even in these early stages. Yeah, well, initially, of course, it has been set up to just advocate. We, we, we set up secular public education. It, it's come down... And I don't have to tell you this either, but many of your good listeners mightn't realise that we go beyond legal uh, and constitutional aspects trying to keep separation of church and state in check. And the other the pillar to it all is, 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 of course, human rights, because the human rights abuses that are happening now, even via the National School Chaplaincy Program and all of the religious instruction programs um, being run as they are under archaic laws that have been built in for over a century... Uh, which were initially put in there purely, mostly to keep the Protestants apart from the Catholics in our, in our public schools more yeah. than anything else. And we are needing now to seriously fall back on Article 18, of course, in the appropriate charter for human rights, because these kids are getting exposed and coerced into uh, being uh, evangelised to in our public schools when their parents have clearly made their wishes obvious on enrolment forms they're often leaving the religion question, which probably shouldn't even be there in the first place. Mm. It is what they're using to place children in religious instruction. We're finding uh, pretty much nationally that over 80% of parents choose to leave the, uh, the religion question blank. So the lack of passion or lack of zeal for having their children having religious instruction of any sort is such that they don't even answer the question We'd have them doing that in the census, Rob. We'd be laughing, wouldn't we? Oh, yes, indeed. And for their own reasons, probably they don't feel that it's any business of the school or they just uh, feel that it's not important to them on a a public school enrollment form. And so if those parents have 
And often, certainly on the Queensland Enrolment Form, it says that whatever you put on here is what's going to happen to your children. In a similar way, they're doing that now in New South Wales under the new arrangements on the Enrolment Form. So these parents have put either no religion or left it blank on there. But, of course, as soon as it gets to school level, their children uh, are getting thrown into, uh, into quite zealous religious instruction, which is just, as they call it, confessional religious instruction, which is just evangelising to their own, because it's not really even proselytising, because they're expecting that the kids that are in uh, either Christian religious instruction or Islam or whatever it might be, they're expecting that those kids are that, so that, of course, they can go full tilt about booting them out about heaven and hell or whatever it might be, because that is what they're supposed to be. But these are the same children of the parents that have left their enrolment form blank. And so it's just an absolute minefield out there, Robin. That's why it's just a never-ending battle to try and get the various state government bodies that don't look after education departments and whatever, just get them following their own legislation. And it's almost impossible to do because at state school level, you have all of the lobby groups such as Fred Nile and people like that in New South Wales and very active lobbying going on here in Queensland across all parties that are in. It was worse when Labor was in before the LNP. What I'm trying to say is mm. it doesn't matter which government that's in, be it Labor or LNP, and you saw that with the national experiment, with the national school chaplaincy program. Oh, yes, every, every, every government that had it, when, when Gillard was in, she made a video promise to Jim Wallace that uh, not only would same-sex marriage be an, a no-no under Labor, that the NSCP would carry on as a religious entity in the schools. So it just doesn't matter who's in there. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> so getting back to where this started, yes, mm. secular public education... Is a very it's not a tautology. You need to put those words together in the current political yeah, I like context. That. I like that line. <laughs> <laughs> tautology it ain't. I've heard on the grapevine that you know these kids in in these situations where the parents have either left it blank or said no, I, I don't want my child to go to a publicly funded publicly school which is or supposed to be secular. I don't want my child to be put in these situations where mm. people are giving religious instruction that, that deals with the nature of... Uh, I don't know. You, I mean, I, I don't wish to be rude, but deals with the nature of perhaps just, we say, heaven and hell when you've got to go out to lunch and then do some maths afterwards. What alternatives are provided? I mean, what do the kids do if they don't end up in these situations on the ground in schools in Queensland? Well, almost absolutely nothing... Uh, and, which is one of the reasons that the teachers um, or the schools and the principals prefer to throw them into religious instruction because even though the numbers are skewed the other way, if they really followed the law, the, the reason is that they've had all of these years of this thing happening so that they don't want to have to deal with all of these kids that aren't doing it because they've got nowhere to put them. And so also you'll normally find that policies in each state have uh, been lobbied so much by the uh, religious right that they actually have it in their policy, not in, not in law, not in legislation, but in policy that the kids that aren't doing religious instruction are not allowed to receive any kind of instruction of any worth because the ones that, <laughs> the, ones that are doing the supernatural stuff are going to miss out on the, uh, the three-hour stuff while they're in there. So they're left uh, doing colourings or, or twiddling their thumbs uh, or maybe catching up on a bit of homework if they're lucky. Of course, in New South Wales, for the last what, four years, you've had primary ethics, which has been 
Well, yes, had, in New South Wales, there's, mm. there's there's now an alternative. It's very difficult to staff it, of course, and they and have no no support now, like right. the National School Chaplaincy Program does. Yes. But they seem to be doing something. What's going on in Queensland? Well, in, in Queensland, um, we've been pushing really hard for actual stuff. Actually, we're, we're lucky because in our Education Act that's been there since 1910, it does say children not doing religious instruction must be given other instruction and they do say in a separate location now that's in statute and we've been pushing and pushing and pushing and now that we are finding that uh, <laughs> we're still having trouble keeping them out of there but they are in the latest enrollment form it does say that they will be giving other instruction so but they don't they're not allowed to do anything worthwhile they're just allowed to catch up on a bit of homework oh, and so all, all through these last four or five years, we've been hearing from, from parents and uh, other people all over Australia that they would, there should be something. There should be something that teaches the children about religions, plural, always with the uh, S, almost in italics. Oh, absolutely fascinating, Ron. Let's have a little break now for some music, I think. Some Johann Sebastian Bach would be great. This is Contrapunctus 9. Just nine by Johann Sebastian Bach, um, performed by the Emerson String Quartet. Now, Ron. Look, I'll, I'll take us back now to uh, to 2011, I think it was. Oh, uh, those heady days in the High Court. Is that was that where you're oh, going? No, no, these are these are aside from the High Court oh. because throughout all of those was all of the activism with other things going on. So back in uh, November 2011, because of all the activism that had been going on at that stage, I had another. I trademarked so many things to do with these sorts of things, Robin. I have one that's still out there called Save the Enlightenment. You like that one? Oh, I do. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, yeah. <laughs> can, uh, now you're uh, preaching to the converted. Under climate change, um, I, 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 saving the environment, I think uh, saving the, the enlightenment comes next. But they're interconnected because part of saving the enlightenment uh, comes to saving the environment because people that don't want to save the environment are usually a bit uh, enlightenment uh, shortchanged as well. So anyway, Do you know, I, I could never work that out. I really could never work that out. And I've actually done some study on this, and we've, we've put it to air. The correlations, like very strong correlations between people who have no particular interest in saving the environment or, or, or listening to ideas that, that we as human beings are genuinely being quite, quite nasty to the planet we're living on, and people of very strong convictions, strong religious convictions. I could never work it out. But it's there, isn't it? And what did you find out? What, did you, what conclusion did you come to, Rob, oh, about look, that? Look, it's a personal conclusion, but um, yeah. if, if people have a very particular strong faith in, 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 in a monotheistic process, there's only one power that can, can destroy the world, and, yeah. that's, and that's not a power from this realm. And so, therefore, we can pretty much go around doing what we like because because we can't affect it because we're not we're not from that realm. So, I mean, that that was as close as I got to a personal conclusion about why there is such a strong correlation. Also, I think there's a large number of people who have a sense of of an impending end to the world, um, and we're not the people who are in control of that. Us human I was beings. I'm coming to that. Yeah, we're, I, I, we're not. We're, humans humans can't and won't do that. Um, again, that that will come from some other realm, and so therefore, to worry about the environment and 
and um, do things uh, to support the environment and indeed not do things <laughs> uh, to stop destroying it is, um, is, is not what they're about. I've, I've, I've always, that's a personal conclusion. Um, um, but the correlations there, the, the reason for it um, here on the dogs. You program. think it could be because um, they think that the rapture isn't too far off and it doesn't matter anyway? I think that, that for some people that is definitely true. A bit um, like a cargo cult. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to come from the sky soon anyway. Again, so. again, not for all, but I think that is definitely true for I'm some really people. I'm only saying that that would be for the most, the most uh, ardent um, yeah. viewers of, the, of the, 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 their chosen faith, but uh, that could be one of the reasons. Yeah. But, but it is an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting connection, isn't it? It is uh, indeed an interesting connection. It's a kind and, of... And um, here, here on the Dogs Program, do this, since we, we wander off into the most interesting places, because, yes, we defend government schools, but we are deeply, as you know, interested in the ideas of separation of religion from the state. Now, I have it on good authority up, up, up there in, in what we call the Deep North. Uh, the Council of the Australian Humanists, talking about the Enlightenment, are having a little get-together. Is that true? Yeah, it's actually a big get-together, Rob, because what happened was it came down to being uh, the Humanist Society of Queensland's <clears throat> turn to host the uh, the AGM and conference. Right. And uh, we did it actually in 2010, but I'm now the president of HSQ, but in those days I was, uh, I was uh, just a, a mere member. But So it, was, uh, it happened then, but we thought we'd try and do something a bit more spectacular this time. And oh, I think that's a very good idea. Ridges at beautiful uh, South Bank. We have a South Bank as well. Oh, no. It's, oh, look, I know it's a beautiful place, very artistic. Yeah, it is great. And they've had some um, lovely exhibitions at the gallery up there. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of, of, of how wonderfully cultural it is. Yep. Now, in terms of humanism in Australia, um, mm. and you being the president, is it president of the Humanist yes, of Queensland? Yes, Australia indeed. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Um, because there, is, there seems to be, in, in, in large part, um, a, a wellspring now in Australia of people who are actively interested and now much more aware of the concept of separation from religion in the state. And there's been a large number of um, surveys done, and I, and I know Max Wallace has been involved in many of them, yeah. um, that, that just very categorically state, I mean, to politicians and to the general population, that there are people there saying, hang on, um, this separation, I thought we had it. How come we don't? What, what do you mean these people don't pay tax? <laughs> Um, you know, the sort of sense of the fair go in Australia, I think, runs far deeper than a lot of people give it credit for. And yeah. um, the Australian humanists, I think, um, might have well have something to say about this and have something to do about it. Is, is there any plans? Well, certainly uh, across, uh, across our, our conference, that um, the speakers that we're having on Saturday and Sunday at, at Ridges, because when we, when we were... Um, Looking at what we wanted to do with the, this two-day conference, we we looked at what lots of other organisations do. And we we neither had the the money to be bringing lots of speakers from overseas to talk about the same things. And while I really respect what many conventions do, we tried to to keep, especially we knew there was going to be an election coming up. Even it was getting organised from late last year, we knew that there was going to be an election certainly before November this year, mm. we really wanted to have speakers that were covering issues that, that really were getting into our, all of our backyards, if it had anything to do with, uh, with, with free thinking and, and rational thinking and the separation of church and state. And all of, 
all of the things that have really crept into uh, into our, our society really in in an insulting way encroaching into our way of life just because they're getting pushed by uh, extreme uh, right wing right right wing lobby groups because hmm. we have seen all of the controversy about uh, about same sex marriage and more lately about the, the safe schools coalition yes indeed it, which is really only a dig at uh, at same-sex marriage anyway. It's just another a plank in trying to discredit all things to do with uh, LGBTI rights. And But it's all started to really come to a head over, over the last 12 months and, and really starting to capture the, um, the attention of the general public that have not been taking much notice of these things. And separation of church and state, of course, is one of them. And it's, it's an easy phrase to... Uh, to go floating past, and in fact, I made a I made a little online thirty-second uh, commercial for the for the convention, and in that, when I was reeling off the audio, I'd written the script, and I had set separation of church and state as one of the things I would mention that would be um, talked about by speakers. You know, Rob, when I came to that that phrase, now that it's almost become such a chestnut that it goes past and nobody really takes any much notice of it. Mm. Because and I thought, no, I'm not going to say this anymore. I'm going to call it separation of church and politics. And of course, as soon as, uh, as, soon as the, the video got up, but I think it might have been on the HSQ um, Facebook page, somebody said, I don't think you should be saying separation of church and, and politics because the church um, ha- has a lot of meaningful things to say about politics as well. And I thought, yeah, well, that's okay. But it, there's a time that we now have to have a, a bit of a a bit of an attention grabber to go beyond slightly separation of church and state and even maybe say so separation of church and state and politics because look at what look at look at the picnic the ACL's having on things like uh, same sex marriage and that dreadful plebiscite they're trying to endorse because they know that it's going to the plebiscite they know is is going to come out in a positive sense almost certainly for same-sex marriage. Yeah. But we also have the proviso now by the police saying, well, they don't really have to take any notice of it. They're only doing that to, to start getting... And you know that they want to, they want to sort of drop anti-discrimination, sort of like, like sort of hold it back a bit just while they have their plebiscite so they can go full tilt with, uh, with hate speech about uh, LGBTI matters. Well, yes, it's, it, it, these ridiculous times we're living in, it nearly, not, nearly does to be having... You can't have open and open um, um, church and uh, and politics having open slaver because it can be so grossly misused. Well, I think, Ron, what you're talking about there is actually, and I'm, I think we can take a little aside here, dear listeners. I hope you don't mind because I'd like to hear your opinion because you're deep in the heart of this. In Australia, and I think it is a particularly Australian thing, the idea of this debate being opened within the political sphere between yeah. people like the Australian Christian Lobby and in perhaps the Council of Australian Humanists and the politicians in the middle and it being viewed as a political thing and we've got to have a plebiscite and take it to the people. Um, there are many, many countries around the world, in the OECD, so let's just con- let's confine it to that, who in many ways have been born from the fire of religious conflict in one form or another, in yeah. Europe and in America. And debates like the ones that you've just highlighted there, um, the idea of these debates taking place would just be considered 
um, irresponsible, a bit stupid, actually, to sort of bring all these ideas within the political sphere and play them out in the way they're being played out. Because in Australia, we were not born from fire, um, or we weren't born from that particular fire, shall we say, although I'm sure many of the indigenous populations would consider that the wars that took place weren't very pleasant. But when it comes to this, you know, this, this idea about how Australia was formed, um, we weren't formed um, in, in, in the cauldron of a religious war, shall we say. And so in Australia in particular, because you know, in, in my generation this was not a big debate, um, people think it's all right to talk about these things in these ways and be exempt from anti-discrimination laws and go around saying horrible things about each other and that'll be just fine. But there's countries around the world where, you, where like, everyone will go, no, let's, let's just not do this. This is divisive. This will break us apart. Yeah. Um, do you think that, that what's currently happening at the moment between the various lobbying groups from, you know, from the humanist perspective and from the, from the religious perspective and the way the politicians are dealing with it is just a bit stupid. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's a broad context because you've been in the middle of this and um, have you a sense that the sort of rhetoric is amping up lately in terms of, of, of religion and the way, or the relationship between religion and politics, shall we say? Well, as you know, I mean, some appalling things get said about about same-sex marriage with links to bestiality and things like the Safe Schools program is like grooming paedophiles and stuff. It's just, it's absolutely outrageous. And we suffered the same thing through the through the uh, through, through the High Court cases um, with with just hate propaganda getting put out about. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, do you think it's sort of beyond the trolls? Do you think it's just as a, as a national polity, as a group of people who happen to live on one or two islands in the middle of the Pacific and Indian Ocean, do you think it's, just, do you think it's now getting beyond that into something a little bit, little, little bit more worrying? Well, I think especially so when it's, it's often about subjects that, um, that a, a vast proportion of the general public really wouldn't be getting passionately worried about anyway. Yes, Ron, thank you. Um, let's have some more music now, I think, and just to amuse our minds, let's have Contrapunctus XIII, or it's number 13, and I think we're going to have the Rectus and the Inversus. So listen carefully, because halfway through, this one turns upside down. Thank you very much, Johann Sebastian, and thank you very much for the Emerson String Quartet once more. You listen to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial, and you can get hold of us at our website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Now we shall return because um, Ron Williams was in mid-flight. He's got some fascinating things to say about separation of religion from the state. So, But quite seriously, there are about... 101 more serious things that one would think that we would be discussing, like the lack of opportunity for children in our schools, the vast majority of our children being sold short with a secular and enlightened education. This, I think, is a much more important uh, issue than to get so, so terribly involved in all of this. Quite, quite so, Jean, and uh, I, I felt for you. I felt for you and Rob when, uh, 
when Malcolm Turnbull made that dreadful poke at saying, why don't we just stop funding public schools completely? <laughs> let's let's just hand it all over to the to the states to worry about. I mean, well, yeah. What? I mean, as you know, Ron, we 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 often talk about things well beyond the, the remit of what you did, of course, um, and your brave work with the National School Chaplaincy Program, yeah. because we think that the government is pouring billions of dollars into education of children in overtly and specifically religious organisations, which are actually exempt, like right now exempt from discrimination exemptions yes. um, when they go through that process of educating children with taxpayers' money. Yes. And perhaps I'd like to get your comments on something relating to that because just recently uh, Bill Shorten um, paid a visit to a number of churches and said, please don't worry, you'll actually be keeping all your discrimination exemptions even if the Labor Party get in. Um, yeah, I, I'd, like to, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to get your point of view on that because this does relate specifically to the education sphere. I mean, he doesn't mention it. And in fact, the reporting um, in both the Fairfax and the ABC don't mention it. But what they're talking about is that if taxpayers' money goes into a religious school, they can discriminate on who they enrol and who they don't enrol, you know, doing their job with taxpayers' money, just by the way, yeah. um, based on, you know, they can hire a cleaner, fire a cleaner. If, if, if a teacher becomes inappropriately pregnant, they can get sacked. They don't have to, they don't have to get a payout because um, getting inappropriately pregnant um, is, is something that's outside their, their, their religious doctrine and so therefore they can just get rid of people. They can do this now, and Bill Shorten's saying they can continue to do this. I saw that go past on the wires. Look, it's absolutely absurd that they can do that while while taking while taking in often cases a larger proportion of the uh, the per student uh, uh, taxpayer money than the, the public school down the road is getting. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. They can't have, they shouldn't be able to have uh, have it both ways. Certainly not. Mm. And uh, only this morning it was up on the uh, HSQ Facebook page. Um, one of our members was actually saying, um, Bill Shorten, you should be ashamed of yourself for, for saying such a thing. And somebody, somebody made a comment and said, well, Bill Shorten's only saying that because he knows that he would, that Labor would have no chance of getting in if he didn't. And, you know, I, I don't ever really counter comment because it's, it's pointless. Mm, but I, I thought, really, really, come on. Is that still it, it, true? It, they wouldn't. They probably would not lose one voter, or they might lose a couple. Well, it, actually, I think it was informative, and you might not be aware. Um, down here in Victoria, we now have a Labor government, and during the election, um, in one uh, of the seats, uh, Labor was fighting um, not against the Liberals but against the Greens in the seat of Melbourne. And uh, three weeks before the election, um, uh, the Catholic church came out and said you should not vote for the greens you should not vote for the greens because they don't support our education system that and really got them over the line and um <laughs> and the labor party best thing that they ever that ever happened to the greens because because um the, well the, the catholic church had had a chat to the greens and said you know you should change your education policy to make it uh, more pro-religion and you should change your education policy to say that you will keep our, our discrimination exemptions. And the Green Party said, no, we won't be doing that. And so the Catholic Church pulled out all the stops to support the Labor candidate in that particular seat. The mm. Labor candidate uh, lost with a swing against. 
Um, and the, and the Green member, in fact, it's my electorate, so that particular Green member, who's now my Green member, um, got in uh, with a positive swing towards them, uh, which I thought was particularly fascinating. Although I will note, um, and you might again not be aware of this, that um, uh, nevertheless the Labor Party did achieve government, even though not in that particular seat, that they yeah. did achieve government. And their first act within the first 48 hours was to guarantee state government funding, not federal, state government funding of 25% of whatever the uh, state school down the road would get. That was, that was their first act, act as government <laughs> yeah. um, to make sure that the Catholic schools in particular, and this was just the Catholic schools, um, made sure that they got the funding from the state government. This is, this is separate to um, federal government funding. Yeah. When you put them all together now, of course, this means that the private schools are... In just just in terms of just in terms of state, or just in terms of funding from the taxpayers, are uh, better funded um, than state schools here in Victoria, which is why I say um, yes, we have a wonderful premier when it comes to <laughs> certain aspects of anti-discrimination, but um, he's quite happy to keep them for political reasons. But I think this gets to your point, Ron. Of um, oh, seriously, is it true that Bill Shorten needs the religious vote to get into government? I'm not quite sure that that is as true as not it used to be. Not that part of it, I don't think. I'd yeah. be very surprised if he'd, uh, if they would lose any voters to do with anything to do with uh, anti-discrimination with uh, with taxpayer-funded um, private schools. Yeah. In, in, po- I, in politics, when in doubt, follow the money. <laughs> Well, as, we, as I said before, um, just look at what Julia Gillard did in that uh, video, video will to, uh, to, to um, Jim Wallace those years ago. Oh, you know, wasn't she that... just, they used that video time and time and time and time again as here is your video pledge for same-sex marriage to not, you know. And here was Julia Gillard saying, I will, we will make sure it's between a man and a woman. We will keep the chaplaincy program... Mm as a religious program, and she said it all. All, all I was missing, if you pulled back the camera, I would have thought would have been a, a couple of heavies, like having those, uh, those ISIS videos oh. either side of Julia Gillard with their arms <laughs> folded, because it was an interrogation. It wasn't even an interview. Yeah, well, uh, I think... Well, I don't know. I hope, I hope, Ron, that things in... Since, even since Gillard's time, I think... I don't know, if you bring light to these issues, which I know you've been doing for a very long time, um, the light trickles in and, 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 and the heavies at the side have to disappear further into the shadows and I think things might be changing. Just one final question, and thank you very much for your time. I know you're very busy. Um, one final question um, about this federal election coming up. Do you have any sort of broad thoughts about how the notion of, of, of the secular states and how the notion of religion is, is going to likely play out in the next, I don't know, how many millions of weeks it is until there's an election? <laughs> Look, it's, re- it's really hard to say. And it's, of course, an, an interesting election this time with the, uh, with the new laws about, about the micro-parties uh, because it, it could be... Uh, it could be <laughs> And of course, you know, you know, Pauline's come back into the fray. Oh, I heard, I was I was driving in the car and heard this real. voice, and I went, "What was that? Where, where's that from? Yeah, What's going on?" For the Senate, and uh, and you know, it could just happen again. Really? Can, can imagine the scenario, Rob, of uh, of, of a, a hung Parliament and with uh, and a, <laughs> certainly a, a hung Senate at least with uh, with Pauline Hanson <laughs> having the deciding vote. 
Oh. You think you think of with, uh, the laws that they brought in to get rid of the uh, the minor parties with the, the hunting, shooting, and 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 um, pogo jumping parties, yeah, whatever it might be, yeah. getting in. And uh, imagine if that was the end result. Uh, it's it's weird. And now it could be very, very interesting. As far as uh, whatever religious influence is, uh, is going to be in it, it could be, uh, it could be good. The upside of maybe that, that, new, uh, that new law is that we mightn't be getting as many of our family first type weirdos in there with, uh, with various, uh, various preference deals that they could have done. Yeah, so but you sort of get rid of the outliers from both sides is what But I do detect, and it's probably only be coming from uh, the sex party at this stage, but I, I noticed that um, one of their main uh, their main uh, their main platforms is uh, ending ending uh, advancing religion yes. as a as a charitable purpose. Yes. I think that's foremost in in what they're talking about. Oh, absolutely, Fiona Patton down here in Victoria is actually uh, getting that put up um, in the upper house here. She's a very interesting, uh, very interesting character, and their policies, if you have a look at them. Um, here at the Dogs, we're very happy with them. They're just very sensible, conservative, and straightforward when it comes to these issues. Yep, and of course they've got they've got the Meredith as a, a candidate. And Indeed, uh, yes. And they have uh, who, who they just they've got a good get as well. Is it uh, is it Ross Fitzgerald? Is it? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I they've come on board in New South Wales. That's right. And um, and so Fiona speaking uh, on on Saturday, uh, and Fiona was, was uh, our keynote speaker in two thousand and ten. Mm. In the very, very early days of the party, and as you know, I'm, I, I know Fiona very well, and yes. Fiona came along to my uh, awarding of a, my ahoy. Yes, I remember. I was there too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Fiona was there. You were there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, it's a small world, isn't it? And so, yeah, I, I think uh, as, as it progresses, the more that meme of, uh, of stop uh, advancing religion, and as you know, they've, they've condensed it a bit after the... Uh, the Act of 2013, where they added all of the other charitable purposes. It used to be advancement of religion. Now it's advancing religion oh, and advancing yes. education. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice, easy two-word phrase. And a lot of people, when you say it to them, Rob, you'll say to them, did you know that uh, ch- charity can be just a charity for advancing religion and oh. be tax-free and uh, get as much money as they like? People go, nah, you're kidding. And yep. you go, no, 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 it's true. And the more that gets out there, so what I'm saying to you, the, you, the long answer to a short question about the election, I think if that can be the one two-word phrase that keeps getting embedded into the public's head, as charities can take taxpayer money for advancing a religion, it may be Scientology, it may be um, Islam, it may be whatever it might be, it can be anything, but they can do that. And I, wonder what, I wonder what... I'll follow the money, of course. I wonder what $70 billion would do, how it would help our uh, our budget deficit. Jean, it would help a lot. Uh, $70 it billion? It's uh, a $70 billion, uh, at least, isn't it? This purple economy that people yeah. are not really aware of. We need we need Max to uh, to bring out uh, an yeah. updated version of purple economy. I suggested to Max he could call it Fifty Shades of Purple. Oh. <laughs> yes, well, you see, if we had that seventy billion back into the uh, into the um, tax mix, and we got uh, another seventy or so billion, a few more billion from our multinationals that don't pay their tax and have tax havens. 
we'd be sitting pretty in this country and we might even be able to give enough money to our public education systems to make them first rate throughout Australia. Well, you know, Jean, what it might do, and if you've got your dog's wishes as well with the, uh, with the school system, and we've got that one, it might stop um, my, my, our primary school kids at, at our school down the road having to go and hire, hire the pool at, at the posh religious school <laughs> on swimming day to, to do their swimming. <laughs> I mean, how perverse is that? Uh, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of it in a nutshell. Because I, I think that's... I think we're going to end on that. And, and Ron, um, thank you for your long answers to our questions because your long answers to <laughs> our questions are actually to, interesting answers and you're worth listening to. And we're very lucky to have you give up your very valuable time to be here on the Dogs Program on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Um, look, we're going to be speaking to you again, as you know, Ron, because be this, this, whole, this whole, the whole question, the questions that you actually brought into the public consciousness, I think, are shifting and changing. It's a movable feast about what politicians can assume um, about well, the way the power works. But I think Jean's right. You, at the moment, you follow the money. And I think it's our job to make sure the money goes to the right places in the future. Well, if the listeners could go and have a look at spe.org.au and have a look at what we're doing with Faith, Philosophy and Fable, A History of Human Contemplation, because... Um, we can we can accept help on via our bank account. We're still we're still looking at uh, getting our collecting license for New South Wales because we've only just uh, set up shop there. So that'd be great if they had a look because it's going to be a very worthwhile program. Hopefully P12. Look, that sounds well fascinating. What was the website again? Uh, SPE.org.au. .org.au. And all the links are there to uh, to look at our little um, program that we're going to be developing. Because it's going to be a very exciting thing. We'll talk about that in the future, I know. Oh, look, I, I hope we can. Um, I think you can do your Google Analytics and see. Um, on, on, on this Saturday, you've got a few hits because I think our listeners are going to be rushing off there as, as soon as they finish listening to the Dogs program. But again, yeah, thank, again thank you, Ron. And um, yes, we'll be returning after these messages. Representing. The 3CR annual Radiothon is almost here and we're celebrating 40 years of Radical Radio. Between June 6th and 19th, we're asking you to help us stay on air for another 40 years. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference. All donations over $2 are tax deductible. To donate, just call 03 9419 8377 or online at 3cr.org.au. Help keep this mighty station going strong for many more years to come. Palestinians are living under a crushing occupation as exiles or as second-class citizens inside Israel. This must stop and Australia can do something about it. Right now, politicians are listening to what matters to people. They want to secure as many votes as possible this federal election. Please go to ivotepalestine.org.au and ask your candidates to pledge their support for Palestine. This is a campaign of the Australian Palestine Advocacy Network. Please spend just one minute visiting ivotepalestine.org.au. A 3CR supporter. We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. 
Well, it's been a fascinating dogs program, and thanks very much to Ron for his deeply insightful travels through religion and the state and its relation into the upcoming federal election and, of course, over the last few years. It's been wonderful to have the company of such distinguished guests on our program as Ron Williams here on the dogs program on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and, indeed, podcast. And, by the way, please do go and check out his interesting new website about secular public education up there in Queensland. He's a fellow well worth listening to and well worth following in his travels to defend the rights of kids in state schools to have just a free, secular and as I say universal public education system which is something Australia so desperately needs if we're going to keep up with the rest of the world or indeed we so desperately need just to do the right things by the next generation. Well the next generation is not going to be as well educated as the one that just went which is, I don't know, one of the tipping points in the downfall of civilization as we know it. Oh, we deal with big things here on the Dogs Program, don't we? But until next week, it's bye from me, Rob, and of course... Bye for now. I dreamed I saw joy last night Alive as you and me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I'm dead, says Joe, but I'm dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe. I didn't die, says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on to organize, went on to From San Diego up to Maine In every mine and mill Where workers strike and organize It's there you'll find your hill It's there you'll find your hill I dreamed I saw your hill last night Alive as you and me, says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he.